0: All right, shall we do this? Oh, is
1: recording right now? Yes. Yeah, uh... it... Hey, y'all, welcome to Rec Ramble.
0: Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to Rec Ramble here. Uh, so, we have some guests today, um, but first, I just want to introduce myself. Uh, so, my name is Max, and I'm an outreach assistant here at Campus Recreation.
1: Um, and my name is Sarah, um, and I'm also an outreach assistant here at Campus Recreation. And our two guests here today are... I'm
2: Shannon. I'm a personal trainer here at the REC Center. And I'm Taylor. I'm the fitness coordinator here at the REC.
0: So what do you all do in those positions?
2: So as a personal trainer, um, I take on clients and help them achieve their fitness goals. Um, So they come to us and
3: we lead them through
2: a program yeah, aimed at helping them achieve their goals, whatever that may be.
3: Mm-hmm. Shannon also teaches the PFT, which is our personal training prep course. She does a lot more than she just said to <laughs> um, our team and the development of our team. So she shouldn't give herself enough credit. But as a fitness coordinator, I oversee the personal trainers, so I help develop them, support them and what they need. I also train a client, Cassie, shout out. Um, And then I also oversee our dance and martial arts program. So evaluating them, supporting them, putting on our free weeks. Um, We have 10 classes on that schedule between the two, dance and martial arts. And then I also oversee our massage therapy program. So if uh, campus resources want to put on a chair massage event, I help schedule those and then I'm just a support for the four therapists on staff.
0: Yeah, absolutely. a lot is really what that is at the end of the day um awesome love hearing that
1: yeah welcome to our podcast um this is not your first time being on a podcast because
3: we have our own podcast as well
1: yeah tell us a little bit more about that
2: yeah so we started a podcast about three months ago maybe now uh it's called here to health so we want to share information on fitness, nutrition, exercise, mental health, whatever whatever current trends are coming up, and we share that through our podcast. We're we're about four episodes in, I think. Wow, that's good. Uh, nice. Trying to get more consistent with it, but it's hard to let it making our schedules line up. Yeah, so check it out. It's on apple music or apple Podcasts, spotify probably other little apps but those are the big ones yeah what made you like want to
1: start the the podcast
2: so i always kind of in the back of my mind was like i think it'd be really cool to start a podcast but i didn't really know how to start and it's just kind of intimidating you Mm -hmm. know talking Mm -hmm. and putting yourself out there um it's a very vulnerable thing but for a school project i had to interview taylor Mm -hmm. i guess i didn't have to but i chose to and um, we were talking about food and the food industry, and um, I was like, wow, we just like click on a lot of stuff, and so I asked her, I was like, do you wanna do a podcast? And she was like, all about it, and so we just kinda like didn't know what to do, and we just, our our setup isn't as fancy as your little studio here. We just talk into uh, Taylor's phone. Oh, that's
0: so cool. (laughs) No, love that. um, I do.
3: Yeah, so, yeah, do you have anything to add? I would just say Shannon definitely took the took the reins here i was kind of like yeah i'll do a podcast i didn't actually think we were going to do it yeah and then all of a sudden she's like okay we're gonna meet at this date i made a google drive these are my ideas and then we started like typing back and forth um when we were at home some of the days and came up with all these ideas and then just got pretty excited about it and yeah recorded our first podcast in my apartment oh that's cool yeah so it's pretty fun and we both have um like she said a lot of common similarities and viewpoints in health and fitness, so I think it's really easy. And then if we don't, we also can have healthy discussion about mm-hmm.
0: it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I love this little podcast mingle that we got yeah.
3: going
0: on right now. <laughs> uh, definitely a big fan of it. But yeah, so with that, we kind of got some questions for y'all, um, really kind of the whole thing about this podcast is really just kind of like news resolutions and really like diving in and how you get started with all that and since y'all do a lot of that stuff for people here at the rec center we just want to ask you a bunch of questions about it Mm -hmm. so y'all ready
3: let's do it Uh,
0: heck yeah let's go for it um so what does fitness and health mean to you two
3: fitness and health i think is just ultimately what someone else in like they enjoy. If Mm. they think that they have to run because that's gonna make them healthy, but they don't enjoy it, then don't do that. I think it's Mm -hmm. really a lifestyle and things that bring you joy, they de stress you, you have fun, you can make connections and build community. I think it's more than just like the aesthetics that you get from it because, you know, we're all built differently and everyone's going to look different. So everyone's goals are different. How their bodies perform are different. And I think with health and fitness, it's just finding what you enjoy and what makes you happy and that's what we enjoy doing in the profession. Yeah,
2: and I think just finding, um, like Taylor said, finding what um, you'd like to do and what is what you're gonna be able to sustain throughout your life because, mm-hmm. you know, in 50 years you want to be healthy and you want to, you know, what, wherever you are in life, if you have grandkids, you know, you want to be able to play with them and kind of building these healthy habits that you enjoy and that make you feel good and feel confident and um, keep you healthy throughout your whole life.
1: Yeah,
0: absolutely. I love that you said that you don't have to run if you don't want to run, especially because I feel like that's a issue that a lot of people deal with, especially when they're first trying to get started because they see all the things that other people are doing and they're like, we're going to do that. And then it just might not work for them because you have to be different for everybody. So that's awesome.
1: Yeah. I think going off of that, Um, how do people manage or how should people manage or how do you manage, I guess, um, like the expectations of like society and what they say like health looks like versus like like what it looks like to you. Like how do you find that balance? How do you find, yeah. yeah.
2: Great question. I think it's really hard in our culture this day because we have social media and we Mm -hmm. have, you know, all these influencers who may or may not have your best interests in Mm -hmm. mind. Uh, so you have to be able to discern what information is, you know, should be applied to your life and what's really going to help you and promote, not just, like, make your body healthy, but also your mind. Yeah. Because um, I think that's a big part of it. If you're not doing it for the right reasons and your mind's not right, nothing else is going to follow suit. So, yeah, just being able to discern, you know, what you see on social
3: media, I think is really key. Mm. Yeah, I think it's really hard. with especially being personal trainers and in the fitness industry Mm. of what you're expected to look like and if you exercise what you're expected to look like but that is not the case at all. Like I think because society puts that on us of like, oh, you're fit, you must be super strong, you must do all these. But yeah. In reality, maybe you haven't worked out at all and that's just how you look and now you've been placed as this fit person or someone who does work out Mm. and because of how their genetics or because their goals are different and they may look a certain way and then they get judged in society because of these things that we already have. So I think it's definitely hard but with social media and things like figuring out how to discern that information but then also challenging those beliefs. Um, I had a really healthy discussion with a personal trainer um, the other day about what it's like to look like as a personal trainer and feeling like you need to Mm. have muscles and be fit, where really that's not the case at all. It's about experience and about knowledge and does the trainer have your best interest in mind, kind of like what Shannon was talking about, Yeah. and taking and challenging those thoughts of do I have to look a certain way to be a personal trainer or to Mm. be in fitness and to exercise, because you don't. Mm-hmm. It's about your interests and like, things that you enjoy. Yeah, it's, that was a deep question.
1: Yeah, yeah, I appreciate
0: yeah. It a lot, mm-hmm. yeah. I pre- we appreciate your answer because yeah. those are awesome. Yeah, really. Um, so I guess with that, I kind of have a little bit of a follow-up question. What is like the biggest piece of misinformation that like you think is out there at this point? I know there's like a ton, probably, but like if you had to kind of narrow it down to. One that just comes to mind.
2: I would say, and Taylor kind of touched on this, that exercise is not this one-size-fits-all, and Mm. exercise doesn't make everyone look the same. So I think in our society we have there's this like image of beauty, Mm -hmm. um, and not everyone is gonna look like that. Like if we all look the same, like the world world would not be beautiful. It would just be ordinary and everyone would look the same so Mm -hmm. I think there is this expectation that okay if I start working out if I eat less if I if I build all these habits or you know if I only eat salad and there's this expectation that well I'll look like you know these models that I see on Instagram that I want to look like and that is not the case like Taylor said we all have you know, such different body types, such different genetics, Mm. such different goals. So yeah, I would say that's one of the biggest pieces of misinformation out there is that, you know, if we if you follow the same workout plan as someone else, you'll look like them. Um, And that's so not true. And it's
1: a good thing it's not. Um, I guess talking about like fitness journeys and getting into it, how did your fitness journey start?
3: Okay, so I played soccer my entire life. So going to practice, playing soccer, and also just playing sports in general, playing mm-hmm. basketball. I tried track and field. I didn't really like that, so <laughs> I didn't do it. So playing soccer and having that team environment, and that's how I got my exercise. But you know, when you're a kid, it doesn't really feel like exercise because mm-hmm. you're enjoying mm-hmm. it to have fun. And like side note, that's what exercise should be like, is it should be fun and it shouldn't be a chore. But anyways, um, when I got to undergrad at University of Oregon, I was feeling this like lack of community, lack of okay, now I don't have my routine anymore, Mm -hmm. what do I do? Mm -hmm. Um, So I I think it was like my senior year actually, like right before I went into college, I started going to um, Crunch Fitness with (laughs) with, uh, one of my friends who kind of knew the facility, because I was like, I've never been in a gym before, I've just been out on the field. So she kind of like showed me the ropes and I got a personal trainer there. Um, And I find myself extremely competitive, so when he put me through these workouts and I was absolutely demolished, I was like, oh wow. (laughs) I thought I was, you know, conditioned and this is just something different than I hadn't done before that I hadn't trained for. So kind of gave me a new drive going into undergrad of, okay, I want to see what everything has to offer now that I'm not playing soccer and Mm. finding a community. And luckily my dorm was literally across the street from the rec so I could see from the third floor window if the weight room was busy or not and i just make (laughs) my way over. Um, And I just fell in love with group fitness classes all of the things that they had to offer. I did end up playing like intramural sports, but um, I really found passion in going to the group fitness classes. And I had one instructor that I absolutely just loved. She, I don't know, she was just so awesome. And I was in class one day with one of my best friends and she's like, Taylor, you know, she's in our sorority and I was like, what? Oh my gosh. So I chose to wear my letters to class the next week and she came up and talked to me and I was like, oh my gosh, fangirling. Uh, and we ended up becoming instant best friends. She was gluten intolerant, so she would make me these amazing gluten-free waffles on the weekends. Mm. I had dorm food, that wasn't great. Um, and she just really influenced um, how I thought about my body and how I was exercising and now I wanted to mm. become strong. Um, so I'd go to these classes with her and then she, uh, Influenced me to take the personal training prep course and mm-hmm. that's how I got into training. She's like Taylor You're such an awesome influence and like person in the fitness industry that I feel like we need to have you at the rec working for us. Mm. So I feel like beginning was kind of Also influenced negatively by you know, the concept of freshman 15 where I was like, mm. I'm not gonna gain that um, which was I definitely don't I wish I could talk to my past self and be like, Taylor, you are fine. That's, yeah. that's not a thing that you need to worry about. And I think it was negatively influenced, but then over the years has now transferred into like a positive finish yeah. journey. Yeah. Absolutely, nice. A long story. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you
0: for sharing, appreciate yeah. it.
2: Yeah, no, it's a good story. I, I kind of similar, like in like my childhood was very active, played soccer all through, you know, elementary school and middle school and then ran track, cross country, volleyball, skiing climbing Mm. like my poor parents driving us everywhere karate (laughs) whatever it was we were like into it all and then in high school i kind of i had this misconception of what exercising is and like how to use it hmm. and I would just over like all the time because I was like I want to be you know the best triple jumper in track so I want to so I'm going to wake up and I'm going to work out and I'm going to go to school and have gym class and then have weights class and then go to track practice and then come home and work out and I was like working out all the time because I thought it would make me this like incredible athlete yeah. um, but then I was getting injured like all the time I was I always had stress fractures and shoulder and knee pain and Um, And I was like, what's happening? I was so confused. I was like, I don't know what, like I'm working out all the time, I don't get it. Um, And I just didn't really realize that, you know, over-exercising like that is a thing and it's not good for your body, you know? I wasn't resting, I wasn't doing all these things. So that made my sport career end a little early and that was frustrating to me. So I think when I came to college here at CSU, similarly to what Taylor was saying, um I just kind of had always done sports and I didn't I never really worked out in a gym before and I didn't really know a lot about how to you know healthfully exercise so the more I learned about it and the more I just you know made myself go to the gym and research how to exercise the more interested I was in exercise and exercising in a way that's healthy for your body hmm. um, and then I remember one day just kind of looking on the Ramweb a uh, job postings and I saw like personal trainer and I was like oh I want to do that but I didn't even know like what it took or how to get certified and I emailed Taylor and I was like oh like when because there was like the PFT class which I'm teaching now which is really cool and I like emailed her about that and she's like oh yeah you can take it in the fall and I was like okay so I took it fall of my sophomore semester and got certified and then got hired by Taylor which was really cool so not only do I like did I learn for myself how to you know work out um healthily but uh, also now I can help other people find that balance too. So it's really awesome.
1: Yeah. Uh, thanks for sharing. I noticed that there's a trend in both of your stories where you want to help other people. Where does this come from? Like why? I mean, that sounds so bad. Like why do you want to help other people? But <laughs> um, but especially like when it, when it comes to like working out, like why do we want to help people like find their fitness journey? What's, what's the interest there?
2: Yeah, I think I struggled with it so much in my own past and I recognize that in other people. But I think at the time when I really was struggling, like, during high school and, you know, my first couple semesters at college, I didn't... I thought I was alone. I was Mm. like, I feel like I'm the only one who struggles. Like, I don't know what I'm doing in the gym. I'm hurt all the time. My stomach hurts all the time. Like, I don't know what's happening. And I felt like I was the only one. But the more, the more, like, relationships I built, the more I became vulnerable with other people i realized holy cow like so many people mm. also suffer from these same from not knowing how to work out or feeling like or working out for the wrong reasons or um eating for the wrong reasons or not you like whatever it was and i was like gosh like i'm not the only one so in a way it kind of like made this sense of community that it was kind of cool not cool that other people were going through this, but cool that I, I didn't feel alone anymore. And I knew that I was on this journey to kind of solve these things for myself. And it, it just made me like, I don't want anyone else to suffer with yeah. you know, the things that I did. So just wanting to help people like also learn because then they'll
3: teach other people mm-hmm. too. Um, and it just has this multiplier effect which i really like i definitely agree with literally everything that shannon said and i think on my side of it too being able to help develop like the next generation of personal trainers Mm -hmm. so then that way i know that i'm doing my part as Mm -hmm. well to encourage this positive society in the fitness and health industry and knowing that i'm developing these awesome people that know right from wrong and how to help those that are going through struggles with fitness and thinking that they might know how to safely lose weight or build muscle and all these things Mm -hmm. and also like how to positively talk about the body and make make sure that everyone feels heard and seen in such a positive way that you know it started out being a personal trainer helping that way and of course I love that but then also helping the students be able to do that too once they leave here is super, super, super cool for me. That's really nice to hear.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. I love hearing that from both of you. Mm. Um, super great overall. Uh, Shannon, I do have a question for you though. What's it? Li- what was it like, kind of going through that like personal trainer class to now teaching it? Like, was that mm-hmm. is that a cool experience for yeah. you?
2: Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. Cause I remember taking the class too, and just kind of being a little overwhelmed. Cause so I'm a nutrition major, mm-hmm. so they go hand in hand, but they're not like I don't study kinesiology. I don't study all these things that um, we were taught in the class. So mm-hmm at the time I was like oh my gosh like I I definitely had those doubts of like am I gonna be a good personal trainer like do I know this stuff as well as you know the other kids in the class who maybe they are health and exercise science majors so there were definitely those doubts but I think what makes a really great personal training team is the diversity so Mm. being that we all we all bring different things to the team and I think through that course you know I realized you know, after I got certified and became part of the team that I bring unique things to the team. Uh, So now it's really cool like teaching the class because um, I feel like I remember what it was like to be in the seats of all the students and being overwhelmed by things or or maybe feeling like something was just too hard for me to grasp. So I can kind of like remember that perspective and I feel like that's helped me in my teaching to be more inclusive to all the students.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah, and even just like as someone that isn't part of the personal training team, just looking at all of y'all and like having conversations with Mm -hmm. a few of y'all, like you can definitely tell there's a lot of diversity and a lot of different schools of thought going on. So that's really cool to see. Yeah.
1: So we're going to take a pause on the questions and we're going to play a game. Um, So every few questions, what we're going to do is we're going to pick out some fun facts that we all submitted um, and we're going to guess who it belongs to. Does anybody want to
3: take out the first question? Taylor does. I do. <laughs> I've never been out of the country.
0: Yeah, so we all have to guess who hasn't. And if it's yours, make sure you don't say your name. Oh, yeah. You obviously would <laughs> <but no>. uh- <laughs> know. Okay. So, Shannon, what's your guess? I think it's
2: Taylor. Mm-hmm. I don't ever remember you telling me about being out of the country.
3: I've been to Germany, Australia.
0: Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right, second guess, second guess, if you had one. No, you don't have to pick, but
2: I, I would say Sarah.
1: No, I have been out of the country. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it is yeah. Me. I have
0: never been out of the country. Unless you count Puerto Rico, but technically it's a oh, territory it's of the United is. States, so you don't wow. need your passport to travel there. Oh,
1: yeah, that's true. Fun
0: fact. That's very true. Oh, that's <laughs> that is funny. Fun cool. Do we want to do one more? Or? We can do another one. Uh, cool.
2: I watch an episode of New Girl once a day, every day. Wants to guess
0: first. I'm gonna guess Shannon. That's gonna be my guess.
1: Nope. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna guess Max.
0: Nope. nope.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> I love that show so much. It's so great. It's so, so great. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, shoot.
1: <laughs> one more. Oh, no. We that can do it. These ones was, are going pretty well. Yeah. yeah these one. <laughs> are pretty fun,
0: actually. Sauce me that bucket. <laughs> do a little mix here. I've never, or er, this person has never broken a bone. I'm going to guess Sarah here.
1: No, I have. What'd you break? I think it was my arm when I was like three or something. But oh. I remember having a cast. Nice. So. Max.
0: It is. I have never <laughs> broken a bone. I drank a lot of milk as a kid. So here we are. Strong bones.
3: I've never broken nice. a bone either though. Oh. Either. Oh, oh wow. wow. I thought that was a unique
0: <laughs> fact. Oh my gosh. Wow.
3: Unique to this podcast. Yeah. I guess
0: so. Yeah, really. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um okie dokie.
0: Alrighty, awesome, cool. So we're back a whole week, a whole week wiser, a whole week stronger, and a whole week tireder, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: sure, <laughs> But it is Friday, so, when did we record last week? Was it Friday? Uh, Thursday. because mm-hmm. so, I had to teach hip. Oh, yeah. that's right. Okay, okay, okay. So this is a little bit better, and it's warm. It's so warm out.
0: Yeah, compared to, was it, I don't even know what the
3: weather was like. I don't remember it.
1: I it's We talked cold. about it, though, we talked about it. I remember, I, I talk about the weather all the time.
3: I love the weather. <laughs> Great conversation Um, starter. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. So just to kind of kick things off, I think we're just going to jump right back into the questions. Does that sound good with y'all?
3: Sounds perfect.
0: Awesome. So um, we talked about a little bit about y'all's fitness journeys, but why did you start that journey? I guess how did that journey kind of come about?
3: Uh, Okay. I think we actually answered this one. Did we? Okay. Yeah.
0: Cool. Then we'll move on.
3: Wait, what was the... Can you give me a general idea so I can... (laughs) Mine was because I started playing soccer. Oh, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, We did talk about that. Yeah, Yeah. we did. did. Okay. (laughs) Okay, now the new podcast is starting. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So, just
3: morph it all together.
0: uh, With that, what are some notable challenges like during your journey?
3: I think a lot of it is a change of mindset. And then, as you learn in the fitness industry, like being in it, how you apply like the new things that you know, and then like looking back on the things that you Mm -hmm. didn't know, and you're like, what? But I think. big challenge is like the mindset and then like the different stages that you're in whether like when i first started obviously like starting undergrad and being away from home so those were challenges of like how does my routine look making sure that i'm not over exercising because that was something that i struggled with of i have all of this time now let's just exercise all the time and that's definitely not a good way to go about it by any means so i think finding that balance in my journey was like something that i had to come about and then also like what exercising actually meant to me was a challenge to you because kind of like I mentioned before it was a little bit more aesthetic like driven and now it's more of longevity and like life and lifestyle driven and I had to kind of go through all of those different like challenges um, to kind of figure out what works best and I think a lot of like the people that I surround myself with um, and like my mentors have helped like pave that of you don't need to work out to look a certain way because maybe your body doesn't want want to do that. And, like, it has a happy, happy place that it wants to be. And then, um, like, finding new things that I wanted to do. I was, I got into, I think we talked about it earlier, too, of, like, if you don't like running, don't run. But I was definitely training for half marathons. And I was like, I hate this so much. <laughs> um, and then I found CrossFit, um, which I just felt like I could totally flourish in. And it was kind of, like, a challenge up until then of, okay, I enjoy this, but now I, like, actually love something. And mm. it's something that I'm wanna get up for. Like I get up at five thirty in the morning to do it, which for anything else I probably want to do <laughs> to be quite honest. But I think that's some of the things, I don't know if you have anything to add, Shannon.
2: Yeah. Um I like I like what you said about um, not knowing at first, you know, over exercising, not knowing how to regulate exercise in your own life, especially coming, you know, from high school or being at home where you're kinda, you know, under under the same roof all the time and mm-hmm. then coming to college and you have more freedom more independence and um knowledge is definitely a big barrier and the more you know the more the easier it is to build a healthier routine um and to really appreciate exercise for you know what it can do like taylor said like promote longevity and um healthy habits throughout your whole lifestyle
1: this is like feel comfortable like not to answer um but was there like a specific moment where you realized that like something needed to change in your fitness journey
3: good question that's a good question you want to go
2: i think so for me it was definitely in high school i i ran track i played volleyball for a very short amount of time before i hurt my shoulder and i skied a lot i was just very active um, but especially when track season came around i was like i just want to be the best that i can be and i want to do really well so i would i would exercise all the time because in my mind i just didn't know that you know over exercising was really a thing i just saw it as like The more i exercise you know if i can wake up and work out and then go to school and have pe class and then go to weights class and then go to track practice and then come home and also work out i was like i'm going to be so strong and fast Mm -hmm. but i started getting a lot of injuries so i'd have knee pain um my shoulder was out of place my i had stress fractures on my feet like all the time um shin splints like i my body hurt so bad Um, To the point where oftentimes I had to cut my track seasons short, Mm. um, which was so frustrating. And I was like, I don't know why this is happening, because I'm working out all the time. Like, why am I not strong? So um, at that point, and then coming to college, I think I had realized from high school, like, okay, I think I was exercising too much, and that's why I was hurt. So when I came to college and learned more about exercising on my own, just because I didn't have anyone... You know regulating my workouts it wasn't like i was going to track practice and it was this workout prepared for me i had to start learning how to make my own workouts so from that it just made me learn more about exercising and how important it is to take a rest day um and then yeah so i think i would say that's probably the biggest thing that um made me realize like oh i'm this, this is a challenge for me and
3: this, I'm doing something wrong right now and something needs to change. Mm-hmm. I think for me, it was my physical, after my first year in college, my doctor had my mom step out of the room to ask if I had an eating disorder. Mm. Um, and that just like hurt so bad because I was like, what do you mean? Like I'm eating all of this food, but it was that over-exercising piece where I really wasn't eating enough to satisfy and fuel my body for the amount of exercise and the energy output that I was Giving to myself, so I was like, "What the heck?" Mm -hmm. Like the fact that like my doctor asked me that one really pissed me off, and then two was just like, "Okay, Taylor, like, what are you need to obviously check yourself?" And then I think the other piece of it too um, was that I had lost my menstrual cycle. So over exercising and obviously not feeling my body, my body fat percentage had gone down. Obviously my doctor had noticed this, so it was definitely like a rude awakening of like, you're doing something to your body and you need to figure it out before worse things happen. Um, And I think I really kind of noticed that too. There was a session at University of Oregon when I was an undergrad, where someone was talking about the female athlete triad. And one of the things of over-exercising was also losing your menstrual cycle. So then it finally clicked of like, oh, I'm doing this to myself, now let's get help and figure out what we can do. So it was a lot of like mentors and just like, the people that I was surrounding myself with, like I said, of how they were healthily exercising and partaking in movement and fueling their bodies. I was like, oh, okay, like that's what it, it looks like to not overdo these things, because there's an extreme, for sure. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. With that, um, Shannon kind of touched on Taylor, you did too, but like how important are those rest days? Cause I think a lot of people don't realize how important they are. So I'm not me myself included in that. So <laughs>
3: yeah, me too. <laughs> um, they're so important. It's if you're wanting to train for performance, especially like you're not going to be able to get as far if you don't let your body recover, sleep, eating, fueling, water, and then just giving yourself like a break because you're progressively overloading your body so much that it's trying to compensate. And if you just push it too far, then it's like, I don't know what to do. I'm basically shutting down. So you need to give it those like reset days of, you know, you can still do movement, but it's not like I'm gonna lift three by five deadlift at 95% every day of the week for four weeks because your body is just gonna be like, what? are you doing to me? Stop. <laughs> so yeah, rest and recovery in it. And it's not like you just have to sit on the couch and do nothing. I mean, although some sometimes that might be what your body needs, but like maybe do a yoga class or just like mm. do meditation work or just do maybe more form checks of, hey, you know, like this hasn't been feeling really great in my squat or, um, when I'm doing these things, let's just focus on like quality of movement and what I'm feeling, and like really engaging with my body. Of like, oh, that doesn't feel good. Let's try to do these um, more rehab exercises or function <laughs> functional movements rather than just gonna go hard all the time. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, I did have a question about, okay, so both of you mentioned that like over or like working out too much was an issue. How was that transition into like not working out as much? Was it difficult? Like were you, like what emotion? Does that make sense? That question was like so badly phrased. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, like what were you going through? What challenges did you face and like having to, like now that you identified the problem, like going into the solution? Yeah, no, I I totally agree with
2: Okay. (laughs) Um, Because it is hard when you have this mindset of, you know, exercising every day and kind of it becomes almost this need or Mm -hmm. part of your identity where you're like, no, I need to do this every single day or you kind of just not yourself or like something's gonna go wrong or you're gonna lose all your progress. So it definitely is, and Taylor kind of touched on this with it's like, you know, regulating your mind and switching Mm. your mindset to knowing Mm -hmm. that if you don't work out for one day, you're not gonna lose all your progress and you're not, you know, you're not gonna take 10 steps back just because you, you know, for one day either yeah, did a yoga class, or meditated, or went for a run, or just sat on the couch. So it definitely is kind of something you have to just tell yourself each day. You know, like, no, I'm not gonna lose progress. I'm not gonna step back. This is actually gonna help me go Mm. forward, and it's gonna help renew my mind and my strength. And it is kind of like this fighting. It's a matter of discipline, too. Mm -hmm. It's not just something that's easy. Like, once you realize it, you're like, oh, great. I don't have to work out as much. It's, you know, it is hard, and you have to work at it. Um, And it does come down to that. Discipline and willpower to be able to do that. And, you know, the more you do something, the more it becomes a habit. Uh, so now it's it's comfortable for me to work out and mm-hmm. take rest days. Although sometimes I still, like, there'll be weeks and I'm like, gosh, I, I think I maybe overdid it this week just because I do love working out. So mm-hmm. it's easy to, oh, yeah, I'll go to that class with you. And then, oh, yeah, I'll yeah. go for a run with you and I'll do my own workout. And so it's kind of something I feel like you'll always have to remind yourself of. But the more you learn your body, too, and you'll realize, like, Mm. I feel good when I, you know, work out a few days a week or five days a week um, and take an active recovery day or just a total rest day.
3: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I completely agree with everything that Shannon said in that it's a habit. And I'm just so competitive with myself, too, of Mm. like I got into this mindset more recently than I'd like to admit of if I didn't go to the 5.30 5.30 a.m. CrossFit class than like letting myself down and I wasn't doing the right thing. I was like, I can literally work out whatever later mm-hmm. on today. It's not, this is this is it and I never get to do it again. And like, because I'd be like, I'm so tired, I don't wanna get up. And I'm like, you can sleep, Taylor. Yeah. It's gonna be more beneficial to you to sleep than to try to go push your body when it's not ready because then you're more likely gonna get hurt, you're more likely gonna push off any kind of goals that I have, so I think that that's something that I still kinda need to check myself on is, okay, maybe don't set the alarm for the morning just sleep in and plan on going to the class later on or maybe don't work out this day and plan to go to yoga so it's more of like preparation for me now than yeah anything. like I have to look at my week rather than being like well I have to go to this one because I, I don't and I can always just rest or do the different things and yeah it's definitely like a habit and a new mindset like both of us said
1: yeah, yeah. how do you know when to uh like discipline yourself and when to listen to your body how do you make that like distinction Whoa. That's a good That's question. a really hard question. I'm sorry. No, <laughs> no that's, that's a, a good, good one.
3: I guess I'll use this morning as an example. So, I really wanted to go to the 6:45 a.m. class, yeah. knowing that I have a lot of things like today I wasn't able I really actually wasn't able to work out any other time than this morning. And then I just like, you know, woke up to my alarm. I was like, dang, I'm really tired. But like, I got enough sleep. So I was like, you know what? This is more of like a mindset right now that mm-hmm. I'm like, uh, I could just sleep or I know that I'm going to get the benefits from this workout because another piece of it, too. I was like, that looks hard. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's kind of like, OK, do you not want to do it because it's going to challenge you or do you not want to do it because you really don't mm. feel good and you're going to get hurt? Yeah, I think that's where kind of like the distinction of discipline and listening to your body is. is like, are you saying no? Because you're like, I don't want to go do 20 burpees or whatever it is versus, no, those 20 burpees are gonna challenge me and they're gonna make me better, yeah. Versus if I do a burpee, I'm gonna hurt my knee or I'm gonna mm-hmm. hurt my shoulder because of this thing that's been acting up. Mm-hmm. I think that that's kind of the line of like, what is the reason? Yeah, for it? okay, that's a good. Yeah. Answer, yeah, I don't know if you have yeah. anything else. No, yeah, I totally agree. Just
2: being honest with yourself and having those check ins because deep down you know why you're not doing something or why you are. Um, so you know, like Taylor said, if you wake up and you're like, gosh, I, I got four hours of sleep. I'm exhausted. I can't even open my eyes right now. And you're not even thinking about, oh, we're supposed to do like 500 burpees today. <laughs> then, you know, you probably really need to sleep and just listen to your body in that case. But, you know, in another situation, you might wake up and you might feel well rested. And mm-hmm. you're like, you know, I, I kind of skipped my workout yesterday because I knew it was going to be hard. So I should I should really try to go today because, yeah, there is a fine line between listening to your body. But then to a point, if you just keep giving into trying, you know, like getting away from working out, if you keep giving into that, that can become a habit also because it plays on both sides. You can overexercise or you can underexercise. And the more you do one of them, the harder it is to break that, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That seems like a really tough thing to balance. Uh, Have there been any like tools or techniques y'all have done to like help with that balance overall?
2: I think for me, I like to just program what I'm gonna do for like mm-hmm. you know either like a month at a time or even if a week at a time if I don't have much time to figure it out. That mm-hmm. way, because when you're sitting down, you know maybe on like a Sunday morning and you're not exhausted, you feel well rested. Mm-hmm. It's nice to plan out your week in that state of mind so you can be like, okay, you know Monday I have this time gap, I'm gonna work out then. Tuesday I'm swamped, I'm I'm that's gonna be my rest day. Wednesday I have this time slot in the morning. Thursday, my friend wanted to go for a run, so I'll go for a run with her, and maybe I'll do you know 30 minutes of lifting if I have time. You know, just kind of like planning it yeah. out when you're in a good state of mind. That way, you know, if you're super stressed one day, you might just be like, well, I'm not going to work out all mm-hmm. week because I have so much to do. Or if you know you have a really chill week, you might be like, I'm just going to spend all my time working out. Yeah. So I think planning it out is definitely going to help prepare you. Um, to go into the week knowing what your plan is, and you know, being flexible in that because things come up. You know, like, you might have a meeting that got switched, and you're like, oh, that's when I was going to work out. You know, so maybe today I
3: won't, but now the meeting's not tomorrow, so I can work out tomorrow. And being able to be flexible with that too. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think giving yourself grace, and then asking yourself why in that kind of like bridging between under-exercising and over-exercising is why are you doing what you're doing? Is it because you're hurt, or is it because you don't want to? Or mm-hmm. are you super tired because you're doing too much and just asking yourself repeatedly like that, why Why am I doing mm-hmm. this? And what are the goals and are my goals realistic? Are they attainable? Are they healthy for my state of mind right now? In my last semester of grad school, I was signed up to run a marathon and I just had it in my mind that, you know, even though I was had to do my master's project, my thesis, I was in a leadership position, I had to take my comps exams, and just like finish out everything I was like I'm still gonna train for this marathon and then everyone was like maybe you just shouldn't because that's a lot and I was like I'm competitive mm-hmm. so now I'm definitely gonna do it but as it got closer and as the miles got higher I was like I have no time to do this and my body hurts so bad mm-hmm. so I kind of checked in with myself I was like why am I doing this is this to prove to other people that I can do it given mm-hmm. all this stuff or is this a goal for me that I want and is this this and do I have to do this right now? Cause I can always do a marathon later. This isn't the only time there's going to be a marathon. So I changed to a half marathon to protect my body yeah. and my ego, I think too, of it's okay mm. to take a step back. Yeah. Half marathon is still a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Awesome. Uh, do we want to play the game?
3: Yeah. Oh, let's yeah. do it. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> awesome. Uh, who hasn't picked? Have we um, all picked?
3: Yeah, we both picked. Cool. So it's you. Well, I picked. You. P- there we go. Ooh, we Found it. Picked. Okay.
0: There we go. Um, okay. Good. I was gonna ask, did we take those out? We did. <laughs>
3: oh good.
1: Okay. I interned with a ski patrol during high school. I'm gonna, I'm gonna guess Shannon. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I was like, <laughs> I, I already know that. I'm not a good. I'm not a good at hiding my. Um,
2: <laughs> I saw your face go, and I, know. I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'll be better for the next one. <laughs> um, I guess we can do another one. Um, but the second one is I get the hiccups once a day, just one. Taylor.
3: <laughs> really?
1: Uh-huh.
0: Is it like timed out? Do you know when it's going to happen? No. Like you're like, okay, 1251, <laughs> I'm going to have a that hiccup. That would
3: be way nicer. Yeah, no, right? just like randomly in meetings, and everyone's like, Taylor, was that your one? And I was like, yes, it was. You're welcome. <laughs> you were here for it.
0: Do yeah. you average one, or is it only one a day?
3: It's like average one. Average I think. one? Okay. Because someone was like, that was a second. It's like, okay, this I was, was like, whoa, a whoa. crazy day.
0: <laughs> we can settle down. Yeah. It's okay.
3: Yeah, it's I like, think is there going to be hiccups. another? You I gotta, hate
1: hiccups. No, I hate they're them. They're the worst. Well, so annoying. So I'm glad
3: that it's not like I just get the hiccups. It's just one. Yeah. But it's also every day. So, so wow. I, I
0: guess the question is would you rather have one hiccup a day or just have like a hiccup attack like every week?
3: Oh, oh one just a day. one. A day. Yeah, yeah. Just I, one I a think
0: day. I think everyone's there. So <laughs> yep. yeah, have
2: very infrequent hiccup attacks, but they're bad. Like they last
3: forever. They're oh, so painful. They are. They're the worst. But, you're Like can't do anything. No. Yeah, I know. Hear. It's like
0: impossible, really, to get rid of. Like there's always like drink water upside down or yeah. hold your breath. Yeah. It's like no, no. that <laughs> yeah. doesn't work.
3: Just gonna wait it out. Yeah. <laughs> have you had like hiccups once a day since you were a kid, or did this like? Start? I don't know when I noticed it, <laughs> honestly. Definitely grad school. I think in undergrad, someone was like, huh, you hiccup a lot. And I, like, yes. and like, oh, I do. I guess. You're right. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. now it's my, like, one fact that Yeah, I, have. Yeah, I was going to oh, say, that's your cool. go-to fun fact, I said like. nothing else. That's, that's actually super cool. Yeah. That's I mean, there's great two fact, others though. in that <laughs> button, yeah. so I guess there's three.
0: That's so funny. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I haven't hiccuped in a while. I know. Not that kind of of of, yeah. <laughs> just right in the middle of a podcast. be yeah. awesome. Perfect like, for our audience. Oh, that <laughs>
3: would be great. Like, I wonder if it'll happen during this. Oh, that would be funny. <laughs> it would be funny. <laughs>
0: Uh, so I think we, we kind of covered a lot of the other questions just that we had based on y'all's responses. So do y'all just want to jump into a little bit of like gym intimidation? Yeah. uh, Yeah, That's that's Uh, Yeah. So our first question is just, how do you define gym intimidation?
3: So I did my research as well, because I think we both have our own kind of definitions, but I also wanted it to be very much true of like, Mm -hmm. this is a real thing. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's feeling unwelcome, uncomfortable, intimidated in a gym setting because of how others act in the space. Mm. That would be, and I think I resonate with that as well. I don't know if you have anything to add.
2: Yeah, no, I I totally agree. It's definitely, it's more so than how you feel given a certain situation, but also how others are like expressing
1: themselves and how they make you feel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot in that, right? Like so much in that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Do, um,
0: do we want to unpack that then? Um, let's,
1: let's try. I don't it. think I ever considered like the how others make you feel, like the way that I always understood like gym intimidation was like going into a space and just being like like intimidated. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But I didn't realize like there's like a lot that people do in the like gyms that like make people feel like uncomfortable. And I think about gender as like the first thing, mm-hmm. like weight rooms yeah. and stuff like that, or like even like mm-hmm. um, like the fitness rooms and like our what are they. Called? Fitness, weight, rooms? weight room? No, no, the like fitness the- classes. Yeah, um, there you <laughs> and like how they're, how it's like really, how they're dominated by a certain gender, totally. um, and like what that means and everything. But yeah,
3: I think a lot. Of, so I can send this article to you all too that I found where it was a lot of like perspectives from individuals in entering gyms and then just mm. like the author I feel like was pretty good I shared it with the personal trainers yeah. and made nice. them all respond to me <laughs> on their thoughts um, which I think was cool because then they start to think about these things going to the space and how they're contributing yeah to gym intimidation um, but a lot of like what the article is talking about was it's kind of um, almost like victim blaming when we're saying like mm-hmm. oh just don't be intimidated but it's like okay we'll reverse that and what are you doing to make the space not welcoming to others yeah. or comfortable f- to others yeah or yeah the, those three words. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, absolutely.
2: I don't know if you. Yeah, um, and it's like with personal training with all my clients, like it's come up so much. Okay. Cause I remember when I first came here, and this was the first big rec center that I ever worked out in. Cause I, I came from a really small town with 18 kids in my graduating class, like super oh, wow. tiny. There was a rec center there, but my parents had like a little home gym. So I I never like went to rec center really. And when I came here I remember just being really intimidated. Um especially like you said, Sarah, like in the weight rooms, mm-hmm. there's a lot of like really big, strong men and I was like, Oh, I'm so afraid. Like I'm afraid they're gonna judge me. I'm afraid mm-hmm. I'm gonna have bad form and they're gonna be looking at me and so I would kind of like avoid that for a while. But even just now being a personal trainer and having my clients come to me and they have those same they've expressed those same feelings. Um and yeah and like you said to Sarah, I, at first, when I hear the word "intimidation." I think about going into a space and feeling uncomfortable because of the space, not mm-hmm. necessarily because of the other people in the space. From conversations with clients, that's like one of the biggest reasons they feel intimidated is because of the other people, Yeah. Um, because of, you know, the conversations they overhear, because of, you know, like they, they don't want to feel like they're being looked at by other people or they'll catch an eye with someone and they feel like they're being judged um, whether or not they are. So, yeah, it's definitely a very pertinent topic to yeah. even the rec center here.
1: How do you um, have conversations with um, the people you're training about, I guess like validating their emotions and like their experiences and their like intimidation and everything, but also like challenging them to like yeah. like go into these spaces. and
3: like Yeah,
2: yeah. good question. I, I think definitely a big part of building rapport with a client is sharing your experiences yeah. with them too. Mm-hmm. So I let them know like, I experienced the same thing, and yeah, I just open up to them about that, and I'm vulnerable with them. That way, they they're like, oh wow, like my personal trainer who yeah. works here also has felt the same way, and even still feels that way, you know, occasionally. Um, and so, just being open with them about that, and then through that, like teaching them um, to use the equipment in those rooms mm. and bringing them in there, not every session, maybe, you know, because it. Still feels intimidating, and you know, being in a certain space, it might make you feel anxious. But I try to like incorporate some movements in there. Like, maybe we'll go um, here in the rec center, the downstairs weight room, maybe we'll use the leg presses in there one day, Um, and maybe that's all we'll do in there that day. Um, But gradually, you know, going in there, using the squat racks, using the Olympic lifting platforms to do deadlifts, and just bringing them in there more and more. Um, And it's pretty cool. Like, I recently had a client come to me. Um, and I remember her saying like, oh yeah, I don't like working out in there, but I'll only ever go in there with you, because mm. I, I like doing the deadlifts in there. And I was like, yeah, cool. But then, you know, as it shifted, um, and recently she came to me and she was like, hey, this weekend I went in there all by myself, and yeah. it like wasn't so bad, and I was like, great job, Like, that's really exciting. Yeah. So you know, the more I think, I just try to help expose them to it in a mm. way where they're comfortable, and I feel like we're gradually going into it. And then just teach them how to use the equipment in there. Because the more prepared you feel, I think the less uh, intimidated you yeah. are. Because um, you're not thinking, at least it takes away the thought that, like, oh, they're, people are going to think I don't know what I'm doing, you know? So kind of equipping them with the knowledge they
1: need to use that space. Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, so what? What do you think are some other factors that lead to gym intimidation? Not just like the other folks in the room, but like even like within people's headspace or like other things that may like influence that? Because I feel like like a lot of it is like that environment, like. Mm-hmm. But also, I think there's a lot of other things that like go into that as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the environment is a big one. How other people present themselves is a big one, and then even little things, which I guess you could kind kind of consider part of the environment, but. The music that's going on, the conversations Mm -hmm. that you hear, that's a big one. A lot of clients have told me, and I've experienced the same thing, like you'll just overhear conversations in that space that, you know, you're like, I don't want to be listening to their conversation while I'm working out. So maybe, you know, wear headphones and have your own music and have, you know, something to block out all these conversations around you. I think that really helps. But yeah, but I guess that's kind of part of the environment. So I don't know. Do you have any? Yeah, I think it's...
3: I, I don't know. I feel like it's all. I mean, because the gym is an environment, right? So, like, what are these like different ecosystems that are happening? Oh, look at all the yes. science and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are the different like things that are contributing to this environment? And I think um, some of it is like people feeling like an entitlement of the space, mm. where if you know you come to the gym every day at 4 p.m. Mm. and you have your routine and someone's now on your bench, you feel this entitlement of the space and maybe make it feel unwelcoming to someone who is just now starting out who's already nervous being there Mm -hmm. and then is reinforcing, I don't belong here. Yeah. So I think that's a big part of it. So just like, recognizing that like this is a shared space and everyone's contributing to the rec center especially since it's student fee base like mm-hmm. literally like the students own this building so everyone owns their right to be able to work here work yeah. out here and feel comfortable and safe so i think like getting that mind shift, mindset shift of okay, like I need to share my spaces with the people that are around me. And then there's a lot of like body shaming and different things that happen. And just like judgment too, of like assuming people's goals um, based on how they look or their abilities, where you don't know what they've been doing. You don't know what their lifestyle has been up until that point. And they might've been working out for five years up until you made a comment of like, wow, I'm so proud that you're here. Where they're like, what the heck? I've mm. literally been here every day for the past four years that I've been going to college. So it's, kind of like recognizing where you might be coming from a good space, but you might also be harming someone in the space Mm -hmm. as well by the comments that you're making. So the judgments that happen too, I think definitely contribute a lot to gym intimidation because someone might come in feeling like, okay, I present this way. I don't want my actions in this space to reinforce the stereotype Mm. of what I am if I fail or I'm awkward or I do these different things because I'm worried that someone's watching me and that's gonna reinforce this stereotype that I'm already scared about of how I present. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Heavy stuff. Yeah, (laughs) really. Yeah.
1: There's definitely a lot that goes into it. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot that I don't even think that I considered.
3: So,
0: I guess what is some advice you would give to like those patrons like that do come to the rec really often. How did what can they do to help make mm-hmm. it a more inclusive space overall?
3: Yeah. Be nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just be kind. I have notes down on like the experiencer side and then also maybe the contributors. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so the people that are already in the space. So one like I already talked about is sharing the space. Um, and not in like a yeah, I guess you can use this too, but like openly sharing it. Like, yes, this is for everyone, and I'm so excited that you're here. I'm in like genuinely like being happy coming into the rec and not just like, oh, this is my time, this is my (laughs) space, this is the only time I can work out, because that's like everyone in college, I feel Mm -hmm. like, and just Mm -hmm. in general is trying to make the time, so how can we make this the best time for everyone to come? And also, like maybe choosing off-peak times too, because when you all come together, (laughs) oh my gosh, you can't do anything. (laughs) That's just a, a, that's different, but. um, I think just look out for each other in a positive way. If you see someone that just made a lift, or they went into something, it's like, hey, like that was an awesome attempt. Like I saw the hard work that you're putting in. Not making any comment of like, wow, I'm so glad that you're you're here because of. How they're presenting, but like mm. noticing that the effort that they're putting in, and I think that that's completely different. Of like, hey, like I see you're you're crushing it like here every Wednesday, and I just want to say that I see you. Yeah. Um. And then just like don't assume people's goals. Like I said as well. And like when you make eye contact, especially in like the hallway down here, just like make eye contact and smile with each yeah. other. <laughs> I think it's always awkward here. Like, oh, they saw me. Mm-hmm smile. I mean, it's not gonna be creepy. They're not gonna think anything of it. It's just making more a positive environment um, if we smile at each other. Yeah. Um, not in a weird way. <laughs> and I think just also like reading the room. I think that's like a common saying these days of like, read the room of like, if someone has their headphones in, they're jamming out, don't feel like you need to go give them your unsolicited feedback mm-hmm. because they don't want it. I mean, it's, it's coming from a good place, I'm sure. And if they're Looking open, or they're looking confused. Maybe then go offer that feedback. But if people are looking confident and they're they're fine doing what they're doing, and they're not in a place to hurt themselves, then just let them doing what they're doing. Because more often than not, your comment's probably going to be more harmful than it is yeah. good. Um, mm-hmm. But I think reading the room. If someone looks confused, of like where does this medicine ball go? Offer a hand to be like, oh hey, that goes over here. Um, and it's like, if you ever want like another spot where the med- there's medicine balls, also check out the TRX area and like helping facilitate like positive interactions that way rather than unsolicited advice. I think. Yeah. Do you have anything?
2: I think too being that we are like a campus recreation center. Um, this is something I've been trying to be better about this semester. Mm-hmm. Cause I see I see a lot of people in the gym at, you know, the same time every day or something when I'm either training a client or if I'm working out. And I've I've never really said hi, but then too maybe I'll see them in my classes or um, just walking, you know, in the LSC or something. Um, so just trying to like introduce myself, like, hey, like I'm Shannon. I see you at the rec center a lot. Yeah. What's your name? And kind of because that builds that community. Because mm-hmm. then when I actually see them in the rec center now, I can be like, hey, so and so, you know, like good to see you. Yeah. Um, and so even even if it's people who I see every day or someone who maybe I've seen a couple of times just kind of introducing myself and saying like, Hey, I've seen you at the gym, um, in a setting outside of the gym, you know, cause yeah, we're on, um, a university campus. Mm-hmm. So we see the same people in the rec center that we see out of the rec center as well.
1: Yeah.
0: Thanks for listening to part one of our awesome podcast so far. Uh, we actually had so much fun on this one that we had to get a part two going. So make sure to keep an eye out for that in the next few days and check it out.